This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Patricia Blondheim. Welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Blondheim, and today we have Good Neighbor Emma Neal. Emma's the operating manager for SoCal Cantina in downtown Tuscaloosa. Emma, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm really excited to have you in the studio with me. I We're very excited to be here. It's, we're excited also, to get the word out about SoCal and Cocktail Collection and everything we kind of are doing. Right. One of my favorite places. So um, tell me tell me about, tell our listeners about your business. I already know. Yeah. So SoCal Cantina is um, kind of an odd story. We are actually originally from Miami, Florida. Um, we had two owners who basically built this whole concept out of a pop-up. Um, one of the owners was out in California, ended up in Miami um, by chance, and then realized there's no Southern California-style cuisine out there. Um, you you get a lot of, you know, Puerto Rican and South American, but there's just, like, none of that, like, true kind of Cali Mexican style, which is very different from traditional cantina and traditional Mexican food. Um, so they had built this menu around not only very positive fresh food, but drinks to match. So all of our margaritas, everything like that is hand muddled. We get our produce in every single day. Um, we break everything down to a science, so you're getting like the best cocktail possible. We actually got best margarita in Miami three years running uh, for our gardener's margarita. So the idea is bringing not only good food, good drinks, but also just an outstanding atmosphere. Uh, we actually, the one in Miami is about an eight seat bar uh, that expanded down an alleyway as well. And like the fact is that we got to expand into Tuscaloosa, thanks to our business partners, um, was just a huge opportunity for us to be able to change the food and drink scene in Tuscaloosa for us. Um, we like to tell people it's like, we're not a restaurant, we're a vibe. Um, so you get to come in, you are unapologetically how you are because we're unapologetically who we are. We love what we do, but we don't do anything classically, if that makes sense. Uh, all of us are from very diverse backgrounds, um, and we all add a little bit something to the table uh, between the two owners, you know, who one's very drink focused, one's very food and promotional based. Um, our chef from Miami is Puerto Rican and just like has an outstanding self-taught background when it comes to food. And then I come from more of like a legal side and got into beverage and cocktail and so, like I said, we're just a huge mix of a bunch of people who love being in a like a wonderful restaurant, a place where you can sit down at the bar, sit down at the table, it can be two or twenty of you, and you're gonna have the best time. Well, now I I am I am a Californian native, and um, I've been here for thirty years, but still my 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 roots are in California. So when you say SoCal um, style, I yes. understand what that means. Right. Can you unpack that a little bit for our listeners? Yeah, of course. So Southern California obviously has this nice blood. You get a lot of those those Mexican cantina flavors. Um, but the idea of SoCal and Southern California food is just like super fresh. And you kind of are able to change things up and add a more eclectic feel to it. So all of our tacos are a little bit different. We we do them based on the cities and like where they're at. So we do SWI, but we're doing, you know, like an Asian slaw. We're doing a chicken bacon ranch taco. We're doing things that are very much those distinct flavors that come out of Americana SoCal cuisine and turning them into something that's very approachable. That is a taco. 
Right. Well, we, we in California, we would put anything, absolutely anything in a tortilla. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, that's, that's where, that's really where the taco was born, you know, right. as, as a, it's an entire food group unto itself. As and it should be. <laughs> as, yes, as it should be, because don't you wish people would come to you instead of saying, let's meet for coffee, they'd say, let's meet for a taco. Would you go? Oh, I mean, I, that's how I got into this job in the first place. I was, I got from so corporate and now I was like, and I get to run a taco place now. It's, like it's a dream come true. I agree. So tell our listeners about your journey a little more about it. We sort of got into it, but um, how did you yeah. get into this business? Um, so I have kind of been all over the place for a long time. I played college basketball and then I was in a lot of uh, mutual lending in the bank side of things, auditing. And I actually went to law school um, to be a tax attorney. And I love the law. I love the legal side of things during I graduated right before COVID. Uh, so I moved to Miami. Uh, I've had friends and family there for a long time. It's always been in the books. And COVID kind of happened. I ended up getting bar jobs when I was finishing up my master's and ended up just falling in love with the educational side of what restaurants had to offer. Um, I come from a huge family that's like very into food. Um, wasn't always into like the cocktail scene, but I realized from that moment, my type A personality was just absolutely hooked on the science and the studying and the art behind building beautiful food and beautiful like drinks. And there's just so much to learn. I ended up uh, getting my sommelier last year because just learning about wine is such an expansive tool set. So I ended up working for some very big companies um, in Miami, one of which is got their Michelin star, first Michelin star last year, um, got it, there's again this year. And then I worked for a very large restaurant group. Um, so I, I've known the owners for a very long time. And it was one of those things it was a perfect opportunity that just kind of presented itself where I said, hey, who's running SoCal? And they kind of looked at me and they're like, well, do you want to run it? And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I packed up and now we're here and it's, I've been here for about a year now. Like I said, we're about ready to open up cocktail collection. Uh, so it's been a really exciting journey, not one I ever planned on, but I think having that diverse background and then like also that desire to sit there and constantly be learning, constantly be teaching, constantly educating staff is like what's going to keep me in the restaurant industry forever. Well, why, why Tuscaloosa? What was it about Tuscaloosa that drew you to it? <laughs> so we had um, a couple of our owners. They are actually the owners of Rounders down on the trip. So they would visit Miami constantly. And our current GM at the time there was a, one of the good friends. He went to the University of Alabama. Uh, so they were coming down to Miami constantly. And they looked at our owners and said, I want this in Tuscaloosa this is something this is a vibe this is something that tuscaloosa needs they ended up flying the two owners out they kind of saw what tuscaloosa alabama had to offer in terms of just this whole energy you know surrounding the university but also like we said uh this whole idea that you need an adult concept in tuscaloosa and it's like because you have such a big market of people here who aren't just students they're here year-round who need some place to go and and call, you know, their spot, their go-to, you know, they want to be regulars, but they want something that's a little bit elevated. So they came out here, saw the building, fell in love, and they did a full build out and it's been history ever since. Yeah. And you're, um, you're, you're doing further build out. You're going to yes. have a cocktail bar up above uh, the restaurant. Yes. 
Yes, we are very close. Um, we are a couple weeks out from opening up cocktail collection upstairs. So we wanted to take, uh, we actually have, we're at Labels the Gastro Pub. So we're doing, same idea of very fresh cocktails, very innovative, everything seasonal, and then doing small bites um, that are all very chef driven. They, you know, they come from different backgrounds. They come from things that like flavors that a lot of people haven't seen out here. Um, croquetas, we are doing uh, platanos, like things that we love from that Miami scene that we come from, but that's very distinctive here. And like same with the cocktails is we like, um, we've built a very good relationship with the bars around here and we just want to create a community where most people when they go out and have a drink or something like that, they want to go, they want to visit different bars. Like no one really wants to sit in the same spot. So we want to create this community of speakeasy style that's laid back, but you feel comfortable all the time, regardless of, you know, if it's date night or, you know, a birthday party or something like that. It's just a really great space. Right. And I love the idea of cocktails treated as cuisine. That is, yes. um, that is a, yeah, that is a, a beautiful thing to build into, you know, a nightlife. Yes. But, um, so can you tell us, um, sort of switch gears here and talk about any misconceptions people have about your product? Yeah. So the biggest thing I think I hear about what we have to offer at SoCal Cantina is they, they only hear the word Cantina. So they're like, oh, this isn't traditional Mexican food. You know, like, you, like a lot of people sit down and be like, oh, like, I don't just get chips and salsa when I sit down. And we tell them it's like, we put our blood, sweat, and tears every morning into what's being done. Like, so our queso that we make in-house, they are hand-shredding cheese um, when it comes to our margaritas. Like I said, they are hand-squeezing lime juice every single day, 20 to 30 liters. And they don't use a juicer. So this idea of, you know, like fresh and um, approachable is something that I think a lot of people put on menus, but they don't stand behind. Um, so we we want to make sure that we show people that it's like everything is front and center. We are very transparent with our food, what we do, how we produce it. Um, and we're just not another, you know, we're not just another taco place. We're not just another bar. We have taken time and a lot of consideration into what we do um, to get people the best product. And it's it's one of those things that we want to expose people to new flavors and don't want them to be afraid that they have to, you know, like, yeah, most people come in and order the same thing because we love what we love. But the idea that it's, it's good to try something new and not be afraid to be like, ah, that might not be my flavor, but I can find you something else that is. Yeah, my awareness is that you do your best to source locally here. Yes, we do. Um, we work with a really great distributor here. And then right now, especially we're kind of looking at very, you know, seasonal flavors that are new to us as well. Um, there's a lot of cuisine down here, you know, that we're not used to in that sense. And then the idea of, I think the one thing that people probably hate about us is that we don't have sweet tea and we're like, you know, we're from the South, but we're from Miami South and the rest of the South is very different. Florida for us, the more North you go, the more South you are. But, uh, so we're learning slowly, but surely, but we're definitely trying to adapt and bring in some of, you know, like those Gulf flavors get like with local, um, purveyors for when it comes to produce, we are almost downstairs. We are 90% gluten-free. So we're very approachable for every single person, but building a relationship with people who produce food in this area is also very important to us. Well, Emma, what do you do when you're not making fabulous food? What do you do for fun? <laughs> uh, I have three dogs. Um, so they are my whole world. 
Um, but this is going to sound really nerdy, but uh, me and even you'll see the chef is we watch a lot of food television. Uh, we, like I said, if I, I can't lie and say the only two things on my TV are ESPN and Food Network, I am constantly watching and just getting to like read different things that help me like on my industry. But um, I'm huge. I love being outside everything like that. Like I said, I have three dogs that are very active. They keep me extremely busy. Um, but I won't lie and say I'm not a workaholic. <laughs> we, the restaurant is kind of our life, but it's, it's great because we've built this beautiful community with, you know, having the chef out here, having, um, vendors, I have actually become really close to a lot of people who run the bars out here and we're changing how we look at things. So now we're starting to like, you know, venture out and go on trips and see different cuisines, see different parts of even Alabama, just like, you know, the state and the nation and just bringing people together so that's my big thing is after work you know we have a good cocktail a good glass of wine we talk about good food and then we go watch videos on food later <laughs> so that, that actually sounds like fun can i hang yeah yeah of course <laughs> hey um let's uh let's get into something a little little bit deeper if you would describe okay. you know one hardship or or challenge you know that you rose above and you can say now you know it's made you a stronger person um, yeah, I had, um, a lot of challenges when I, so I'm first generation in my family, uh, going to college, everything like that. And I have amazing, amazing role models to look after. My mother is a, uh, electrician, electrical contractor. My aunt is a fire chief. She is amazing ex examples for me. And I think when I was in high school and everything like that, I was going to call Now what comes up on seven knee surgeries. And I think that was a lot of it was I was doing something that I wanted to push through and trying to, you know, like build that on my own, build that life, uh, go to school and create something for myself in that nature. Um, I went through a lot of moving around after that, dealing with all those. And then, like I said, having like those injuries and those setbacks and taking away something like a part of you where you kind of had to slow down for a part of my life. Um, it gave me a chance to you know, do something different. I got into a different side of business and things like that. And it was a struggle to move around. I was in a bunch of cities where I didn't know anybody um, was learning, but it led me to what I do. Um, I, you know, like I said, I went through law school, everything like that. And for my life to get torn apart, just like everybody else is during COVID, uh, you kind of had to find a way to pivot constantly. So it's in between playing basketball, being in, you know, loving in sports, everything like that, where you kind of have to accept all of those little punches as they roll and learn to kind of support yourself, learn that it's okay to falter a little bit and it's okay to change directions. I kind of tell kids around here all the time. It's the idea of, oh yeah, I, you know, was a tax attorney and now I run a restaurant to a lot of people seems like a failure. And in my eyes, it was the complete opposite. It was what showed me what I really wanted to do. Um, and because of things like that, because of COVID, because of my little setbacks, I was able to find something that truly matters. Yeah. Yeah. Athletics really does make you, uh, whether you're successful and it's your end goal or whether it's something that you add into your life, you know, as a child, it makes you really resilient, doesn't it? it yes, it does. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm down and out a lot, but it does. It teaches you a lot of discipline. It teaches you, you know, kind of how to accept your losses with your wins. Um, and that there, there are going to be setbacks and they're not pretty like injuries are not pretty. And it's the same thing in a restaurant too. Like you're going to get 
you're going to have those moments. We're having them with construction right now, and they can be exhausting, but they do be due to kind of like know that there is, you know, after two minutes of sucking air, you're going to have a minute to breathe. So you just got to get through that. And I think that's the most important for anything in any business that looks like they're struggling is just understanding that like you're going to be able to breathe in a second, but it's going to feel like you're dying. Yes, of course. And I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years, so I'm well aware of that feeling. Yes. What's, um, let's leave our listeners with one last thing that maybe you want them to know about your business. Awesome. So just like I said, being in Tuscaloosa, being in downtown, uh, we just want to reach out to everybody, you know, like in Northport, in the surrounding area that might not be in that university scene that is looking for someplace. Like I said, we are different. We are unapologetically ourselves, um, but we're a spot for everybody. We are extremely inclusive in what we do when it comes to food, when it comes to our vibe, when it comes to, you know, what we allow. And it's not just for, you know, like these big parties. We have a fun bar set up, things like that. But it's not go out and, you know, you can have whatever you want there. And you can create really good relationships sitting there. Most of the friends I've ever met through my life, I didn't even work for SoCal. Actually, before I took this job was that it was just a place where I felt like home, that everyone belonged. Um, and that's what you can always hope for, for a restaurant, but we just want to let people from, you know, across the river and things like that know that there's a spot at the table and it's, there's a spot, there's food for everybody, there's drink for everybody, and you're going to have a good time. How can listeners learn more about SoCal Cantina? How, 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 can, they, how can they reach you? Perfect. So um, our website shows both our Miami and our Tuscaloosa location. Um, that is www.socaltaco.com. Uh, they can find us, you know, on that. We are on social media. We're very strong on Instagram, things like that. If you want to pop in and see what our drinks, what our food looks like, um, it's just SoCalTCL. We keep it very simple, very straightforward. And then we always tell people, call, make a reservation, order food. We have channels for everything. So it's, you know, if you still want to try it, aren't sure if you want to come down, we do three different online ordering systems. Um, but really what I want to tell people is like, just, just pop in, come in, say hi, say, Hey, I heard you on, you know, the good neighbor podcast and stop in and like, let me buy you a SoCal shot. Let me have you try our queso. We just want people to see like who we are and, you know, welcome you into our home. Yeah. And don't be afraid of the parking. There's, there's a lot of no. parking around there and you're on, there's a, plenty. You're, you're next to Timerson square. So yes. you've got a lot of parking that's available there. And I'm sure if you just wanted to pick up some tacos on the fly, you could get somebody to run out to your car. A hundred percent. You just give me a call. Like I said, I have a hostess on time all the time. I have a great bar staff that's right there. I am happy to run food wherever. All right. That's great, Emma. It's been great speaking to you. And thanks Thank for you bringing so much. to the community. Oh, we are so excited to be here. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Northport. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpnorthport.com. That's gnpnorthport.com. Or call 205-809-4910.